And hello everyone, Peter here. Welcome to Peter's Content-Free Podcast. The podcast where nothing really happens and it's not supposed to and I don't talk about uh, anything of import. So um, this is episode one of season one of volume one. And this is where it all begins. This is where it all began. Now, um, first of all, I'm not really sure what podcasts are. I've never watched, or I mean listened to, a full podcast of my own. I've started a couple, and to be honest, I'm just not really a podcast guy. There's a lot of good podcasts out there, and every time, you know, it's just one of those things, every time I mention podcasts, in fact, anytime anyone mentions podcasts, um, anyone that is into podcasts will have like five or six of them that they're, they'll just fire right out at you with, you know, they'll be like, you should listen to this one. You should listen to that one. And, uh, if you're not into podcasts, uh, you really just don't care. You just don't care at all. But if you are into podcasts, um, I don't know, maybe you do care. Maybe you write them down. Like, what do you do if you are into podcasts and someone mentions podcasts and you, and people start telling you a bunch of podcasts? Do you just remember them? Um, do they have to have catchy names for you to remember them? Do do you write them down in the note app on your phone? Or do you just forget them and you just stick to the podcast you know and like? How does that work? How do you find new podcasts? What it, how does the name how did the name podcast come about in the first place? I get the cast the cast part and the pod part, did that become it is that because it's all like a it's like a little encapsulated broad broadcast? And we like the pod word because it rhymes with broad. I don't know. Anyways, I'm, I'm assuming people, a lot of people have encouraged me to make these podcasts. Um, not because I have anything specific or useful to say. Um, and, I've, and, I, and I bucked against it. I was like, I don't want to make podcasts. I feel like to make podcasts, you have to have something to say, something to talk about. And I have the opposite of anything to talk about. I don't have any issues to address. I don't have any subjects to, to broach. To breach. In fact, I don't even know what you to what what words to use most of the time. Um, but I feel like a lot of people might use this podcast just to um, just to have a, a voice droning on in the background. Um, maybe they might use it to. Uh, I'm fully aware a lot of people put on my my videos sometimes um, just uh, to fall asleep to, or it could be a myriad of reasons. That's fine with me. That's okay, um, and that's so. So, so I'll just keep talking about something, about anything. Do you think there's a regulation height for how tall, how high, how deep curbs can be? Um, I pulled up to a burger joint last night, and I'll tell you, my car door was very close to hitting the curb that I pulled up to, and I don't know, it was very close, but it didn't hit it, not quite. Then again, in Chicago, when I lived in Chicago some years ago, right now I live in Wilmington, North Carolina. Right now I live in Wilmington, North Carolina. I've lived here for just over a year. The The winters are much milder. I like that. The, the air is a little more humid, not quite as humid as it was when I lived in Florida um, sometimes. And you walk outside in Florida. In fact, a lot of the time uh, you would just get hit with a wall of stickiness and you would immediately feel sticky. In fact, I felt it happen as I drove down to Florida that first time in my, my Volvo 240D. I felt it just gradually get stickier and, um, 
In fact, my Volvo should not have made it. I don't know how it made it as long as it did. And at one point before I moved from Florida to Chicago, I sold my Volvo for $150. Anyways, um, I was talking about curbs and I said that I was going to say that in Chicago, I often saw some of the biggest, deepest, almost um, insurmountable curbs that I had ever seen. Some of them were almost a foot tall from the road level to the sidewalk level. And I don't know why this was. Was it because they had to have these in incredible uh, long uh, grades, these differences from one part of the road to the other in, in order to keep the 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 water flowing down to some drain or something? Um, I don't know. They're... All I know is that I had seen my fair share of people stumble trying to get up on these curbs, especially especially when inebriated. I remember when I was little, like a young teenager, maybe like a uh, young high school age, what is, or late middle school, I'm not sure. It all kind of blends together in my mind. Terrible, that sort of thing. I used to play this game. This is the first time in my life when, when we actually had our own house, my dad. Uh, we, we, we finally moved into our own house, and we had a front yard uh, and a backyard. And sometimes I got bored, you know, I just had to go outside, burn off some steam. Uh, and so I liked, you know, and, and a good way to burn off some steam was to repeatedly run from the front yard to the backyard. Uh, and to do this, I had like this bright red, uh, like Nerf ball. And some for some reason, I thought up this mindless game to do this, where I would throw the ball over the house into the backyard go get it, and then find it in the backyard, and then throw it from the backyard into the front yard. It was pretty mindlessly and uh, exhaustingly and torturously fun for a little while, but then I found out even, an even better way to do this, and since uh, the ball was just big enough that it wouldn't, uh, it would roll right over the gutters, I figured, that, I figured out that if I was fast enough, I could throw it just right um, up onto the roof, that if I had just hooked it right over the apex of the roof, that it would start rolling down the other side, and I could sprint around and watch it roll down the other side of the roof and catch it as it rolled off the, rolled down off the other side. Um, so essentially, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was like the loneliest game of catch ever. I was throwing uh, the ball to myself um, on either side of the house, just back and forth, back and forth, I, was, I threw the ball to myself, and I got pretty good at catching it, and I probably got a lot of really good exercise sprinting back and forth around the house. Um, anyone who saw me probably felt terrible for me or thought I was uh, crazy or just the, the loneliest little uh, teenager ever, but that was okay. I probably just did this for every now and then, you know, maybe once or twice a day or once or twice a week. I have no idea. Anyways, one time I threw the ball from the front yard to the backyard, and I hooked it just over the apex, just right. I knew I would get there just in time to dash over and catch the ball, and that, sure enough, I ran around the backyard, and I saw the ball rolling down the back of the roof. It bumped off the gutter, but I knew I wouldn't be able to catch it because there were some bushes right there, and I, I wasn't, I wasn't close enough, anyways, because it was down over at the, it was at the far end of the house, where I often wasn't able to catch it because um. I just couldn't run that far fast enough. My poor little legs couldn't carry me there fast enough. And uh, and it, it bounced off the gutter and landed in a bush. And these weren't like big bushes. They were even, they, they had even been recently uh, trimmed or groomed or whatever do you, you do to bushes. It landed in the bush. So I went over to look in the bush. 
Uh, and I mean, it's, this bush, you could see like through it, like it was not a dense bush. But for some reason, I could never find the ball. It's like it's just like one of those things where you drop something on the floor. Uh, you, it's just one of those things where sometimes you something in reality seems to just blip away into an alternate dimension, and it never comes back. Years later, I, we lived there for several. I mean, my parents still live there, and this this was a bright red Nerf ball in a sparse green bush. And I never found it. There was not a lot of stuff around, even if it had fallen out of the bush uh, and onto the ground around somewhere and rolled away. Uh, there was not a lot of places for it to be. And I searched for a long time. Like I had nothing else to do. I, this was the kid who was throwing a ball to himself. I looked because I felt, especially when you feel like you're going crazy because you can't find the ball that dropped into a bush right in front of you, uh, you feel like you start going crazy, so you start looking a little bit more frantically. You probably, does that mean if you, do you think if you start looking more frantically, do you think you start looking more or less effectively? You probably feel like you're looking more effectively, but you're actually looking less effectively. You probably overlook places. I don't know. It could have been in that bush right in front of you, but how do you miss a bright red ball like that? Maybe it, maybe it had gotten wedged up inside the gutter that I thought it couldn't fit in, um, and only it was like a trick of my mind and my eye that made me thought it popped down into the bush. I don't know, but I never found that ball. I mean, even for years, when I mean, I was you know my parents made me do like the mowing and the even the weed eating later. Um, every time I got near that bush, even that whole that whole like quarter that that quadrant of the backyard, I'd keep my eye out that bright red ball, like, it's got to be around here somewhere. I would, I would look along the edges of the backyard. I'm like, did it roll over here? Did Where where could it be? I would keep my eye out for little, like, little glitches, little seams in the, in the reality, like something where it could have, like, blipped into, like, an alternate dimension. Like, I started c considering even the most impossible things, you know? But then again, maybe it's just... The most impossible things are are have got to be the most impossible solutions. It's got to be the most probable solutions. But what is the most probable solution? That it really is? It, it just rolled somewhere where I... The most probable solution was that it ended up right where it, I saw it go, right? Did, did my eyes deceive me? Was I just bad at looking for a bright red ball? It's just It's just a crazy mystery. It's like maybe there's a tiny Bermuda Triangle right there. Who knows? In fact, it's, it bothers me to this day. I'll admit that. It does. Hmm. I'll admit, sometimes sometimes my mom, my sister, my dad uh, would, would throw ball with me or football or a frisbee. My mom liked throwing the frisbee with me the best, probably, when it came to frisbees. I got pretty good at throwing a frisbee in the front yard. Um, sometimes we hit the neighbor's car sometimes. Uh... That did happen a few times. Thankfully, no visible dinks, dents, or scratches. And uh, my dad enjoyed the football. My sister enjoyed uh, just like a regular little Nerf ball like that, like the one I lost. Sometimes we tried playing Calvin Ball, uh, which was kind of impossible if, you've, if you're familiar with Calvin Ball from the comic strip Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, it's pretty impossible because Calvin Ball is a ridiculous um, uh, game of infinite endless rules made up on the spot, but we, um, 
would get so tired just from laughing, you know. It, you can Kids can play that game. You can make up your own rules on the spot, and it's half the fun. You know, it never really is as, as endless and um, impossibly, uh, you know, like crazy as it is in the comic strip because, you know, nothing is as crazy as it is in the comic strip, but we still had fun. Hmm. Speaking of playing games with the family, eventually my family stopped playing Monopoly with me because... Um, I liked it too much. I did like it too much. My, uh, I would, I usually got, I was pretty good at it, I guess. I might, well, thinking back, I guess, unless you are the other members of my family who are um, almost the best people on earth, unless you're the other members of my family, regular people you can almost assume uh, are, I mean, they're doing, if they are the banker, you can assume that they're doing bankery things with the money, right? If you're the banker, you can assume that they have some sort of advantage. Anyways, I usually had some sort of advantage, I think, when I was the banker. I'm not proud to say it. Um, this was years ago. I'm, I was just, I was kind of, anyways, even when I wasn't the banker, I think I usually did pretty good at Monopoly. And I just, I loved playing Monopoly with my family, with whoever. And if I was winning, I didn't want the game to be over because I knew they wouldn't want to play again because my mom would be like, okay, got to go make dinner. My sister would be like, okay, I'm going to go read a book now. My sister, the only thing, my sister was like a a perfect, as far as my you know parents were concerned, my sister was like a perfect person. Uh, the, only, the only thing she ever got in trouble for was staying up too late reading. Like if my sister wasn't, you know, I guess... I guess the fact that they had to do this means she was under perfect person com completely. But if, if she wasn't doing what they wanted, they would hide her books, you know? But the, the crazy thing was, she would know where they hid her books most of the time. So she was like punishing herself. She was like, okay, they're hiding my books. I know it's up there in the top of the linen closet, but I've got to do my chore. I've got to go wash the dishes. Or they would hide her books so that she would do her own homework. And then she'd be like, okay, do my homework. Then I'd get my book back. She loved reading, and she would do too much of it, and it would get her into trouble. Anyways, um, anyway, so we'd play Monopoly, and sometimes I'd be winning, but I didn't want the game to end right away. So I would, like, I would milk the game. And um, I and my family would get upset. They're like, just just finish me off. I'm like, they would land in my hotels. I'm like, look, you don't have, you don't have to pay this time. It's fine. It's okay. You don't have to pay this time. Just, hey, how about you just give me $200 instead of all 500 Look, I know if you come back around uh, next time, you won't be able to pay me if you pay me all $500 this time. So just pay me 200 and you'll be good to go. Look, I'm, it's for the better of everyone. <laughs> so eventually they realized, that eventually they got sick and tired of playing Monopoly with me is what I'm saying. I don't think I was cheating all the time every time. That's, I don't think that's why they got sick and tired of me, but it certainly didn't help. Um, and also sometimes I had this thing called butt money, which is where they couldn't really ever tell how much money I had because they think I, they would think I was broke, but then it would turn out that I was sitting on like 500 bucks or something. Then they would think they were, they were about to finish me off, and then I'd be like, ta-da, butt money, and I'd pull out 500 bucks that, from under my butt that I had been sitting on. So I thought I was pretty clever, but it, I, don't think I, I don't think I really was that clever man it's been so long since i played monopoly 
one time for Christmas when my my cousins and everything came over, I think my my, my grandparents, our grandparents, or I don't know who it was that gave us this handheld Monopoly game, um, and my both my it was like somehow given to both me and my sister, and our two cousins, and our two cousins lived, um, far away in Chicago. We lived in Charlotte, North Carolina. So how are we supposed to share it? But uh, it turned out we share it by um, giving it like switching it back and forth between the two families every six months or every year or whatever, whenever we met each other. Um, so we did this for like three or four years. We would give the handheld Monopoly game back and forth. Uh, and it was, a pretty, it was a pretty fun Monopoly game. We all used it pretty actively somehow. Um, pretty active. I mean, for, for a while there. I don't know how. But the one thing that just sticks with me is it had um, it had like voice acting in it. And um, whenever you... Whenever you landed on a pop a property and it would ask you if you wanted to buy it, it would say, "Would you like to buy this property?" And for the longest time, I had no idea what it was saying. I thought it was saying, "Would you like to buy this property?" I was like, "What is a property? Would you like to buy this property?" And uh, even my dad still says this property sometimes. It's pretty funny. You know, it's like one of those things, it's funny what it had to been there sort of thing, okay? So don't get on my case about it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want I don't want to hear one thing about it, okay? So that that's that's all. Okay, bye. Oh, wait, I'm not done yet. When I was little, uh at one point in my life, I lived in a house right next to a fire station or a firehouse. Uh regardless, it was a vile no, excuse, it was a volunteer fire station uh, in this. It was a very small town. If you don't know what a volunteer fire station is, it means like like no one like really stays there all the time and like it doesn't like employ any firemen really. Um, just whenever like a fire is called in, I don't really know how it works. I was very small when it happened. Whenever a fire is called in to somewhere, I don't know who calls it in from, or I guess the, whoever has the fire calls it in, but who receives the call? I suppose they employ someone for that. I hope they do. Um, maybe people just have radios. Anyways, someone, I'm sure there's a zillion people that know more about this than I do. Anyways, I just know that whenever there was a fire, um, this loud, incredibly loud siren uh, would go off like 30 feet away from my house. And then all these uh, people, all these guys would drive in really quick on their uh, trucks and old vehicles with they had little sirens on their trucks so that they could get to the fire station really quick and then as soon as they got to the fire station they would throw on all their fire gear and they would hop on the fire trucks and then they would um, go in the fire trucks from uh, out there they would go to the fire or whatever the emergency was right and now looking back on it it seems like a huge um, oversight on my part to uh, you know I I spent I did spend several times you know. A lot of times I would stand there and watch the fire trucks. You know, I watched them all run, you know, zoom up, get geared up and then zoom away. And I feel like it was a huge oversight on my part as a little, a little boy, a little kid to not to be, you know, to not be like standing there waving at them every time. I'm sure they would have, you know, they didn't have time to, you know, you know, do anything about me at the time, but I could have at least been waving at them. I could have been at least a a smiling, interested face. Why wasn't I more interested? Why wasn't I standing there waving, grinning my face off, you know? Because then, sometimes, 
they did come back around, you know, how, you know how firemen are, they come back around and they wash the fire truck and, you know, scrub down the driveway and, you know, polish the windows and refold the hose. Like every time they come back, they have to like clean everything off, you know, cause everything gets all, all muddy and sooty and, uh, there's like fiery residue all over everything. When they come back, I could have been like chit chatting with them then. Why didn't I, uh, you know, get all chummy with them? Like, don't, wouldn't have they like, I would have been like, hey, they would have been like, hey, it's a little, it's a little Peter from next door. You want to, you know, I could have gotten all chum. I, I feel like I'm confident now. I could have gotten all chummy with them and gotten some sweet rides in the sweet fire truck, at least, or at least have gotten a hold like a, a, like a fire hose or kind uh, of turn some sweet knobs or gone up in a fire ladder. Actually, they didn't have a ladder truck because it was a small town. Um, but I don't know. I feel like I missed a big opportunity there. Gotten to wear some cool fire gear, a helmet, uh, an oxygen, the helmet, the oxygen tank probably would have been as big as me, but I don't know. Like, what was I doing that whole time? Was I just, you know, peering from inside the window? Like, how did I not cash in on that at all? Um, anyways, that that little house I lived in next to the fire station was always also directly across the street, almost as close to, but not quite as close to where my dad worked at the time, which was a small airplane hangar, um, which I did, which I did cash in on a little bit more. And I would go over there slightly more, but not as much because it's a, you know, airplane hangar is a, probably just for the same reasons as a firehouse, which was where I, why I wasn't underfoot as much, you know, at all. Uh, it's a dangerous place. You can have little boys running around, um, you know, having, you know, propellers dropped on them. And I remember my dad showed me one time this, probably a couple times, this awesome machine that would just slice sheets of metal in half. It was like, it was pretty much like a scissors or paper cutter, but for huge sheets of metal. And uh, that was super exciting for me. Probably also the part I liked about the airplane hangar and a uh, place where my, my dad was a like an airplane mechanic and a pilot, but he was mostly just a mechanic at that point uh, for these little airplanes. And uh, he, my, my one of my favorite parts was the break room and this little can crushing thing with a big lever where they crushed the uh, soda cans on the wall and just how that airplane hangar smelled. It was like a weird combination of of like motor oil and all the canvas that, cause all the, all those little, uh, like turboprop airplanes had so much canvas on the inside that was covering all the seats and everything. I don't know. It was like, sometimes I hit, I get hit with a waft of the same smell and it takes me back. I think it happens a lot when I get, I think the last time I got hit with one of those smells is when I got in someone's, uh, uh, Jeep, like someone's like, I don't know, I'm not good at keeping Jeep brands straight, um, like a Jeep Wrangler, you know, with all the canvas interior and everything, like actual canvas, and I was like, this takes me back, I got hit with a wave of nostalgia, anyways, that was awesome, those were, those were good old days, just being a little, you know, you guys remember those good old days when you were just like a little carefree kid, running, running around, footloose and, and free, back when you, you didn't really have to worry about anything, except for like, like a cup, like if your mom gave you a chore, like the worst thing you ever had to worry about was like a chore your mom gave you. And that was like the end of the world. Like mom, it got bad. If your mom made you take out the trash, 
mm, a little later on in my life, I think I got I got to be like the worst whiner. I I feel really bad about it. A little bit later in my life, I would like why Peter, it would be so much easier, Peter, if I had just taken out the trash instead of spending 30 minutes whining about having to take out the trash. And I, I'm sure my mom knew this. So she would just ignore me, you know, and be like, I don't want to take out the trash. Uh, it was just like some weird mental thing. And I, I don't know what was wrong with me. I guess just part of, part of growing up, part of being a dumb little kid. I don't know. Do the same thing with like doing the dishes. I don't know why I hated doing the dishes so much. I mean, it's, I mean, I guess the dishes aren't like super fun to do. I don't know. Sometimes the dishes are satisfying to do, um, but I don't know. It's just like I just hated it for some reason. Uh, I wish I could get back into my head at that point. I guess I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to do anything else, but I couldn't do anything else because I had to do that, and I wasn't allowed to do anything else until I did my chores. But I was just, I was just a dumb little kid. But you know, those are those are the days. Those are the good old days. Um, a little bit about how I wear my shoes. For most of my life, I have tried to get my shoes um, laced to just the perfect tightness where I can slip them on and off without having to tie, uh, retie and untie or retie them every time when I put them on and off. You know, that's just like another um, thing I have to do that I don't want to have to do all the time, you know, putting on and off my shoes all the time. Lately, now that I've been living here in Wilmington, uh, the the weather is pretty good for most of the year, and I've just been I've just been wearing flip flops for most of the months out of the year, which is pretty great. That's fine with me. Um, but in the colder months of the year, I just wear shoes, and I like wearing shoes that I can just slip on and off. And unfortunately, this is not what most shoes were designed for. Um, it's not good for the the in back the back inside of the heel. It wears it out faster. Partly when you are putting it on and off, and partly for when you're walking around in it, because the shoe is a little bit looser than designed, and it rubs um, on the heel, and it also ruins your socks a little bit. I feel like um, it, it like it wears down the threads, and I have a lot of socks where I look at the heel, and it is a little bit thread thread threadbare there right now. I also remember this pair of of Vans I had right, um, this pair of Vans I had one time. And I only bought this pair of Vans because I had a friend who had a pair of Vans and he made the pair of Vans look really cool because he would wear this, these, this pair of Vans and then he would like run on the walls um, of, a, of a gym we were at and he just made it look really cool and I only bought the pair of Vans, to be honest, just because I saw someone else wearing them. Like it works. That's, stuff like that happens all the time to real, regular people. Okay, that stuff happens. Anyways, I had this pair of Vans that I was pop popping on and off without, you know, tying, untying the laces all the time. And I, I wore out the inside of the heel, back inside of the heel, where like the Achilles, I'm talking about the Achilles tendon area, right? Or if you're a fan of Ender's Game, the shield tendon area. Anyways, um, and then there's like a little, there's like a little plastic uh, thing inside behind the padding that I wore out and that little part I kept on putting the shoes on and off and that part got like bent in gradually and eventually these shoes were totally unwearable because this little plastic part got bent in and it would like dig into your heel and start you know chafing at the skin so I ruined it's easy to ruin your own shoes if you abuse them so I eventually learned to be more gentle while doing this 
And uh, I guess if you want to be advanced, you could use a shoehorn. Or if you really want to, uh, you can just treat your own property uh, the right way and uh, tie and untie your shoes. Like I recently bought some bought some Jordans for the first time in my life, just kind of on a whim. Uh, I bought them on a Good Friday. It was it was a Good Friday special, you know. I had a I had like a thirty percent off coupon for both of them or something like that. I don't know something. I felt mildly reasonable about buying them. I might have been slightly, my judgment might have been slightly impaired, to be honest, but I like them. I have them, two pairs, and those I tie and untie every time I wear them just because I want them to last, you know. I feel good about them. I like them. And I remember when I was little, my sister had these little, um, these laces for her shoes. They were like spring-loaded laces. They they look like normal laces except that they were shaped like um, springs, like Kind of like, kind of like shaped like you know, like um, what's that one word? I, the only word I can think of is Pringles, but they're not shaped like Pringles. Slinkies. Why was I getting the words Pringles and Slinkies mixed up? I don't know. Anyways, they were shaped like Slinky. They're, they were they were like spring shaped, helix shaped. No, is helix the wrong word? I don't really know what a helix is. I know a double helix. That's what DNA looks like. I know that. So is a helix and a is a sprinkle. I mean a, a helix. I mean a a Pringle. Wait, a slinky. Is a slinky a helix? A spiral? What's the difference between a spiral and a helix? Does anyone really know? Has science gotten that far yet? I mean, we don't even we don't even know how to make cereal boxes that don't uh, like self-destruct the first time you open them and make using them uh, for the rest of the time. Uh, a huge pain and it's 2000 it's almost 2017 at the time of me making this you know it's it's weird making things and putting them on the internet because like you can say things like you know right now this right now that you know do this check out this link you know and people can listen to stuff on the internet for all i know um in a year in five years in 20 years who knows how long stuff will be on the internet people will say to make stuff every time you put something on the internet plan on it being there for forever. I don't think the internet will be there for forever, but you know, it's weird to make things. We make things, you know, with like a a temporal mindset. I don't know what that really means, but it sounds smart. Uh, but things, if something lasts forever, okay, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Sometimes I start a sentence and then I kind of lose my train of thought halfway through it. It's fine. It's fine. Anyways. So my sister had these crazy laces and she, they looked, I kind of was a little bit jealous of her, but I realized I could never put those laces in my shoes because they look extremely girly. And uh, it might have been because her shoes also looked extremely girly. They were like pink and uh, flowery, but they just, you know, they were all like curly and flower. They, anyways, they made it so she could, her, her, her shoes were essentially, like the tongue of her shoes was essentially spring-loaded and she could easily, um, you know, pop them, you know, open them, slide her foot in, and then they would snug right back shut again. It was pretty great. I remember one time we were playing on the field at school and uh, there were like kids, we were just like running around the field. It was like recess or something. And this is the first time I heard the word make out. They were like, no, it was make up. No, make up, make out. Like when you make, no, this is make out. Make up, make. There were some kids like playing over and they were pretending that a soccer goal was a make-out booth, but I don't think they even knew what it meant, because this was third grade. I think they just heard the word on TV, and they were like, 
we're going to go over to the makeout booth. And they would just go over there and kind of stand there. And then they would leave and then they would stand there and then leave. And I mean, nothing, they wouldn't even touch each other. I was like, what are they doing? What is, what does making out mean? Maybe it was makeup. Anyways, that was episode one of Peter's content-free podcast. Um, all of the things you never, never really wanted to hear, but don't really care if you do hear. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. And there's probably some useful things I should be saying here at the end, uh, but I have no idea what they are. So take it easy. I hope you'll have a great day. Good Goodbye.